All right, and good morning, Ridge Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Hopefully you're awake. I got a couple questions. We need some help this morning. First of all, how many would admit right now that you already have all your Christmas decorating done? Like you're completely finished, the trees hung, everything's done. Uh, awesome. How many would say they already have their Christmas shopping done? If that is you, you're way ahead of the game. First service, that, people raising their hand, that is awesome. You guys are way ahead of the game. First service, I had some people come and say, they said, we're leaving right after this. We got one more gift to get and that's it. We're done. That's incredible. Kudos to you. We got a ways to go still. But, but here's the deal. This is the second year in a row we've done a series we're calling Interrupting Christmas. And we want to make this clear. There's a reason behind it. We'll get into that in just a second. But we want to make it clear to everyone that our goal is not to hate on Christmas at all. In fact, we love Christmas. Uh, we love all the stuff that comes along with Christmas. Uh, we love Christmas cooking, all the food that comes along with Christmas. We love the lights and decorations and, and the parades. And everyone's in a festive mood. And, and there's all this stuff that comes along with Christmas. And it's not that any of those things are bad. We love those things. We decorate it in here. We love to have a festive time. And it seems like people around the Christmas season tend to be uh, happier and tend to be uh, just enjoying more festive and enjoying that. And we love that. And we love Christmas movies. How many of you already, you've seen at least one Christmas movie on TV? They have them on like all day long. Every, the, the, you've seen the Christmas movies. Well, for every one of us, we have that one go-to Christmas movie. It's like we need to see this movie at some point this Christmas season. If not, it isn't Christmas. I think most of us at least can identify there's one movie that we have to see each Christmas season. Here's what I want you to do. We need some audience participation this morning. Think about what that one movie is. On the count of three, I'm going to say one, two, three. On the count of three, I want you just to yell out whatever that movie is. So think about it. Think about it. You have your movie. One, two, three. All right. I heard the one that I thought of. I heard it. Out of this whole mass, I heard it. And it might have been because it was really close to me. But, but here's the deal. Chris and I were having a discussion this week. And, and I thought, you know, this is going to be pretty simple. I want to take just a, a poll of the audience. And we're going to let people yell out. But I also want to have a more, it's definitely not scientific, but a more scientific poll. And so I said, Chris, let's do this. Let's come up with the top five movies and let people vote for their favorite. And so I figured there'd be some sort of agreement between the two of us. And so I listed my five and Chris listed his five. And we had two or three that were the same and two or three that were different. And so we arm wrestled left-handed to see who won. And I won. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. Uh, so we just kind of put our list together. And we said, okay, let's come up with the top five. And let's let people vote again. By, you, can, you can cheer. You can clap. Whatever you want to do. And we're going to see which one of these movies out of these top five somewhat classic Christmas movies, which one of these do you think is the best? So here's the top five we came up with. Uh, number one was Miracle on 34th Street, classic movie, especially the old school one, great movie. Uh, the second one is Elf. How many, buddy, the Elf fans? Yeah, you'll get a chance to cheer in just a second. Hold on. Uh, third one, again, classic. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, awesome. Uh, fourth one, Christmas Vacation. Everyone loves the funny ones. I'm, I'm with you. And the fifth one is White Christmas. So here's your chance to vote. It, Christmas isn't Christmas without Bing Crosby. I'm just saying that right from the very beginning. Some people have said there isn't, there isn't on the list. Uh, but, but here's the I'm going to let you vote right now. If, if yours is Miracle on 34th Street, go ahead and get loud. <laughs> Allie, good job. <laughs> there was more in the first service. They were with you. Uh, oh, watch out for this one. If yours is Elf, go ahead and cheer now. How about It's a Wonderful Life? All right, good, 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 good. Christmas Vacation. White Christmas. 
there were a few. See, Chris and I had this discussion, and, and Chris was like, my favorite is White Christmas. That is Christmas. First service, he was the only one that cheered. He was a lot. I was like, <laughs> poor Chris is back in the back. He's like, woo! <laughs> Felt so badly for him. And I, some of you guys, uh, it, uh, but, but we, we enjoy our Christmas movies, and, and sometimes they're sappy stories, and, and it kind of takes a while to build up when we get to them. But, but here's the thing that we discovered about Christmas. It's not that those things in and of themselves are, are wrong. It just is that we can get carried away with those things. So it should be no surprise that here, as we celebrate Christmas, our focus as a church is we want to make sure that we're celebrating the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus coming here to earth, and that's a huge celebration for us. It's not that any of these things are wrong. It's when these things start to take the precedence over what's really significant that things get out of balance. And so last year we came up with this idea of let's do interrupting Christmas because we know what Christmas was originally meant to be about celebration of the birth of Jesus. And yet it's become about a lot of those other things, not that they're bad, but when it becomes just about those, we get really out of balance. So interrupting Christmas was about interrupting what Christmas has become in order that it, be, could, in order that it could become what had originally been interrupted. We want to interrupt all of this stuff because you're going to hear enough of that stuff throughout the season. There's the movies and the lights and, and the food and all the stuff that comes with it. We want to make sure we interrupt that. Hit pause for a second and take time to reflect because if not, life is going to get really busy. Because for a lot of us, we feel like we can't really celebrate the season unless we've seen that right movie. Unless we've, we've had that right food. Unless we've had a chance to decorate the tree and it looks just perfect and we have the lights hung just right outside. We have to make sure we go to Starbucks and get the right drink. Otherwise, it's not really, really, really been Christmas. And we start to feel like if, if I don't accomplish these things, if I don't have these things happen in my life, if I've not created enough experience for my children, then it's not really been Christmas. And that's where those things that we like start to become the very things that stress us out. <clears throat> In fact, this week, we sat down as a family. We love getting the Christmas tree up and decorated. And we turn out all the other lights in the house. We just have the Christmas tree lights on. And, and we turn on the TV and put on one of those, those movies. And we actually watch Christmas Vacation. And we're watching it. And it struck me because we're talking about this this morning. And, and there's a point where Clark Griswold is all about Christmas and making it as big and as, as bright as he could. And he wants to invite the whole family to his house. And his wife is like, are you sure about that? That doesn't seem like a good idea. He says, no, I want the whole family under our roof. I want to celebrate Christmas. And he goes and and he hears a doorbell ring. And it's both sets of parents outside of the door. And he just opens up the door and already there's fighting going on. And he was one, his wife was like, are you sure this doesn't seem like a good idea? He's like, no, this is what I want. And he opens up the door and they come in and they're bickering and they're fighting. And already it's starting. And he turns to his wife and he says, all right, I'm going to go park the car and take care of the luggage for the rest of the season. Like already the stuff that I wanted has gotten in the way of of me being able to enjoy this. And so I'm not enjoying this any longer. And so our goal is to say, how can we hit pause on all of that? Because our lives are going to get so busy, we feel like we have to maintain this in order to experience Christmas. We say, okay, at least for an hour on Sunday morning and some things we're going to do throughout the week. Let's hit pause on all of that stuff. It's all good. That's fine. But let's hit pause. And look at a couple of things. Let's first of all look at the significance of what Christmas is celebrating. Today we're going to look specifically at some prophecy from the Old Testament that was announcing what was going to happen in the birth of Jesus. In the coming weeks we're going to talk about his birth and, 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 and the reflection, what happens after his birth. And, and, and all of these things to hit pause on all the other stuff that's happening to say let's celebrate that. And the second thing is this. 
We want to be able to, Jesus says, and Jesus teaches us that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And this Christmas season, especially as we grow up and we start to get older, we realize, man, we take a whole lot more joy out of the things that we give than out of the things that we get. So we want to try to accomplish those two things. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at a couple of scripture this morning, specifically dealing with the, the prophecy about the birth of Jesus. Uh, there are actually over 300, about 350 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Jesus that are fulfilled in Jesus in the New Testament. We're going to look at just two of the verses this morning, uh, probably two of the more famous ones. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this. And again, this is hundreds of years before Jesus. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It says this, it gives the names of Jesus, and it says about Jesus that the prophecies about the Messiah that was to come, he's going to be born, a son is going to be born, a child's going to be given to you. And then it starts to say the government shall be upon his shoulder. That everything, we know our governmental system, he's going to be powerful, he's going to be authoritative, that when he comes, he's going to be very, very different. And let me list some of the names that we're going to have for him. And it starts to list his names. And it says, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, sometimes you see people read this particular scripture and they list those two together. He is a wonderful counselor. And yet I was reading this week and it talks about how the very word wonderful is somewhat distinct from the word counselor here. And the word wonderful carries with it that he was going to be miraculous. Now, we understand who Jesus was. We have 2,000 years of context of understanding what Jesus was going to accomplish. But for them, all they knew was a hope in a Messiah to come. And they didn't know what he was going to look like. They didn't know what, what was going to happen during his life. They just knew there was a promise of a Messiah that was coming. And so the prophecy here says he is going to be a miraculous person. He's going to do wonderful things. And not only is he going to be miraculous, but he's going to be a counselor. And the counselor there is not just a personal counselor that we talk to, but someone who is so well respected that government officials would want to take his advice. Now, if you know anything about the life of Jesus, that wasn't what he was like when he was here on earth. And yet, from the time that he was resurrected and ascended into heaven, countless kings and rulers and leaders and presidents and governors have taken his counsel. He came as one who was wonderful as a counselor. He came as a mighty God. Even today, there are people who don't believe that Jesus was God. And yet, if we look at the claims that Jesus says throughout the New Testament, claiming he, he says he is God, and in fact, he's put to death because he who is man considered himself to be God. But even if we go back to the Old Testament, look at the prophecies from the very earliest prophecies, we see that as Jesus comes, he comes as God in the flesh. He comes as mighty God. He comes as our everlasting Father, the firstborn of all creation. But the one I want to focus on is the last one. He comes as the Prince of Peace. You see, for the Jewish people that were dealing with so much oppression throughout their history, they were longing for peace. And what they were longing for was a peace from their circumstances. They had all this stuff going on, and there was constant turmoil. And they said, when Messiah comes, he's going to come, and he's going to bring us peace from our circumstances. But Jesus didn't come with that peace. Jesus came with a peace in their circumstances. And I think that's something that we long for today, is we long for peace but we long for peace from our circumstances. We long for, if there's family turmoil, we want the turmoil to just go away. 
Jesus, if you could just show up and, and there's this person I have conflict with, and Jesus, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, but if you could just obliterate that person, it would bring a lot of peace into my life. And, and, and we, that's goofy. We never really pray that. But sometimes that's what we think. If that, if that conflict would just go away, well, it would bring peace. And Jesus comes and says, sometimes the peace that I'm bringing isn't to remove your problem, but to put you where you need to be. And the irony of this whole situation is found in a word that ironically in the Greek language is called irene. The word irene in the New Testament, the Bible was originally written, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And the word irene is translated as, as peace. And people long for that peace. And this season, we celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace. But why is it that if this season about the birth of the Prince of Peace becomes the most stressful, for a lot of people the most lonely, and the most peaceless season of the year? A season set aside to celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace becomes the most peaceless season of our year. Why? Because we spend so much time trying to live up to this this idea of what Christmas should be, and I make it about all of those things, and if I don't have that, that right drink, and if I don't have that, that right decoration up, and if I don't see the right movies and, and go to the right light shows, if I don't do all those things, then it's not Christmas. And I feel like I'm losing that sense of peace because I have to accomplish all these things. And so we get back and say, let's focus on what Scripture says about Jesus. Let's focus on Him right now being the Prince of Peace in our life. And let's focus on a way to celebrate Christmas that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so I want to focus on what Jesus teaches us. I want to focus on his birth. I want to focus on ways for us to make an impact this particular Christmas season. A couple of things I want to share with you this morning. First of all, something we're going to start starting. It's going to be around, but really next week. And then really kick it up in high gear the following week. But we're doing a thing this year called Change for Change. Uh, we've had a chance to partner in, in this last year with some specific families in our community uh, been able to help out in their homes and do some different things. The youth group, as Michael shared earlier, we'll hear more about that next week. The youth group went and, and hung Christmas lights. And, and we want to be able to love on some families in our community. And so what we're doing this year, we're going to have boxes set up around the church. And just if you have any loose change, all of us have like loose change at the house, maybe caught, caught in a, a plastic jar somewhere, or we have change in our car. We just want to take all of that change and put it all together and bring it and put it in some of the boxes we'll have around the church and take up an offering called Change for Change. And then we're going to take all that loose change and we're going, to, we're going to turn it into gift cards and be able to bless some of those families this year. And totally unexpected, we're just going to show up and say, hey, we know it's Christmas season. We want to be able to give you this gift card. And I don't care if it's $200. I don't care if it's $500. We're going to come and bless these families and say, we're going to give you a Christmas you weren't expecting because we believe that's what we're supposed to do to extravagantly love our community this year as a church. And the second thing, so change for change, starting next week, if you want to bring your change, you can turn that in in those and those boxes the youth have decorated back in the back, we'd love for you to be able to do that. Second thing is this. We want to be able to point people to specific ways they can plug in the community and literally around the world. And so I met someone who's doing something very unique this year, not just this year, started last year. But I want to invite him up to share a little bit of his story. So everybody please welcome Ed Hardy. Now, probably quite a few of you know Ed from just around the community and everything. There's been a, a lot that he's been involved in, uh, most recently with Auburn Hill Gym and CrossFit and all that stuff. But, but a while back, I'd, I remember hearing last year a little about what he was going through. And then back in October, we ran into each other at an event. And we were just kind of talking. I said, I want to hear more about this. We had lunch a couple weeks ago. 
And as we were talking, I said, man, I, I love what you're doing. I love the passion behind what you're doing. And I asked him to come and kind of share that with our church, let people know, here's something that's happening. If you want to get plugged in, that's great. If nothing else, you're hearing about some things that are happening. So, Ed, talk a little bit. You started this thing called Remember December. So talk a little bit. What was the inspiration behind starting that? Okay. Um, so Remember December was, you know, the idea behind it is to ensure kids in third world countries get a gift. And um, But how it started, it kind of didn't really have a, an image at the beginning. It was kind of like a blurry picture. And, and uh, so a long time ago, you know, when you think back, something in your life happened that set a, a direction of where you're at today or whatever you did throughout your life. And, and for me, you know, I was talking to you about it was uh, sports. So it was a big deal for my whole life. It was somebody gave me a football when I was young, and we were, we were a poor family. And you see that kid walking around the neighborhood throwing the football. That was me. That was like the only thing I cherished was that little ball that somebody unconditionally gave me. I don't even remember who, honestly. And uh, nowadays it's such a small idea, but you think back in it, just years and years, uh, kind of pushing forward. And so I was thinking back, and, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm asking God, I'm like, okay, every year, with, you know, I grew up in a good youth and stuff, and we were always out helping people, much like y'all have done with the community and stuff. And I'm going, okay, well, God, you've, you've weighed something on me. Just tell me. It's simple. Just, just speak to me and tell me, what, what do you want me to do? And um, so I'm at Starbucks. It's kind of weird, Starbucks, at 1.30 at night. And um, I'm kind of aggravated, and I'm going, okay, well, I, I don't know what to do. i got three weeks before Christmas. Um, I'm already in December. And uh, so I start looking online, and I see Haiti pop up. And I'm like, whoa, no, not there. Click again. Let's try this again. So it, um, And I was thinking about Dominican Republic, which, you know, we have some people down there. And um, it went back to Haiti. So I'm like, okay. And I felt like Joan in the well. You know, you're telling you go in direction, and I'm going, no. And next thing I know, I'm like, well, I don't want to be swallowed by a well. So something's got to be done. And by that night, I don't know what was in that espresso, but I bought a ticket for like four hundred some dollars. I just bought a ticket. Didn't have the money at the time, honestly. And um, and I said, I, "This is what you want to do. I, I'm just going to click it." And I know, trust me, my parents ain't going to prove or anything. But I'm going to go ahead and go about it. And they didn't. And um, so I was like, "All right, well, now what do I do with this?" So now I've got a direction to go in. And you know, the remember December. This is how it's kind of developing into it. And. I said, what can I do to get the community involved? That's what I'm a part of anyways, and it's with fitness. I said, you know, and I was like, what about giving to these kids, these orphanages there? I said, well, and I started doing some research on it, and I, I couldn't find a whole lot online. And uh, so I, I challenged the community. I said, guys, I don't want money. I, I don't want any of that. If you give me money, I'm going to go buy gifts with it. I said, but I want y'all to just do something. I'm going to challenge you to just step up. And whether it's you do something that's on your heart or you help somebody else, I said, just do something. I said, all I ask for is gifts. Take your little daughter out. Let her pick some little girl items that she would like to give. Make it a fun lesson because, I mean, you can have everything in the world, but when you give something, you get this, this high you can't replace. It, it really is awesome. And I said, share that. that. That's something that's pretty cool. And I said, so... This idea sounded really cool, but five days before Christmas, and I don't have any gifts. <laughs> this is last year, and it was crazy. Everything worked out perfect. I didn't know anybody in Haiti. I went by myself. Nobody wanted to tag team with me. So I said, no problem. I just carried uh, 140 pounds of toys and suitcases. I said, uh, just rock and roll. Let's go with it. And uh, so I get there, and I had met a few people online that I was just never really talked to much. And they took me to the orphanages there, and I was just like, it's something you can't guess when you see it. That's what I think was the biggest part about it when I was there was I, I show up, and the first one I show up to, the kids are, um, I didn't know how many kids. There's actually, a, it was crazy how many kids are in orphanages there. And they're playing soccer, which is a national sport, and they're playing with a shoe. I'm like, a shoe? 
you know, it's just a soccer ball. It's pretty easy. It's a Walmart, 10 bucks. And no, they hadn't had a soccer ball in six months. And that's, their, their, that's the biggest sport there in that country, and they hadn't had a soccer ball. And they're playing barefoot on top of that. And I'm like, and they're actually really good with the shoe. And uh, I was impressed. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not even hopping in, man. These kids are going to whip me. And you see some of those pictures now up on the screen of the trip last year to, to Haiti. Yeah, that's actually a lot of different, the, the orphanages and stuff there. And um, the, the kids were so awesome. Like, everybody, you know, praises, everybody praises God there. Everybody praises Jesus. Thousands of vehicles with, you know, praising God. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is insane. Like, I've never been in an environment like this. And they were so welcoming and loving. But going back to the kids, you know, I'm, I'm watching, observing. And then I go to the next orphanage, and I'm playing with a tennis ball. And I'm like, okay, well, do you have a soccer No, we haven't had a soccer ball. And I'm like, that's something that, and I brought 80. They don't even know. I'm ready. So <laughs> I'm like, well, we're about to rock them right now. And uh, so I got a whole bunch of toys, and I kept it more athletic last year so we could keep the kids active. And um, so it, it really was an awesome time. going. To the, and my only regret was I didn't have enough mm-hmm. because there was just more kids. So. Thank God we had, I had some donations last year, and it came out of pocket a little bit. I said, let's go to the store and buy more gifts. And because we got to the one, we were just, there's just too many little kids. So we went and bought more gifts for them while in Haiti. And, uh, but, you know, the biggest thing I need help with, guys, is it's not money. It's just toys. When you go to the store and you see something that looks good on a little girl or some nice little pretty princess socks or something like that, that, that goes miles there. And I said, you know, what if that one soccer ball creates a direction for that kid? I mean, I, they don't never need to know who gives it to them. Just somebody cared. And it happens to be Christmas. And I was like, let's step up to the plate. This is, this is game time. And um, so that's what I need help. I leave on the 18th. Um, yeah, I need a partner, by the way. Anybody wants to go with me? Uh, <laughs> but I'm going. Well, talk a little bit first. Where are you going this year? It's not Haiti. Okay, this year. it's not Haiti this year. I'm going to uh, Haiti. Was in our hemisphere was the poorest country, and I'm going to Central America this year. I'm going to Honduras is where all the the charity work is going to be done this year in Guatemala, and I honestly don't know what I'm going to expect when I get there. I know I'm meeting a missionary there. And um, they're out in the jungle, and it's in villages. And I'm, I have no clue, man. I'm just like, there's tarantulas and stuff, but let's just do it. And uh, so there's, uh, but, you know, we're going to these villages, and I'm like, well, what's there? And he said, there's, there's garbage dumps here, and people make homes out of them. I'm like, whoa, homes. That's, that's something I, I didn't expect. And uh, I was like, I got, I got to see this. And I said, well, I'll challenge you. I said, let me work over here. I said, and I want you to, let's throw a party, like this Celebrate Jesus party. And Christmas there is the 24th. I said, I'll find a way to make it happen over here. I said, you invite every kid you can imagine that needs something, whether they're orphans, whether they're living in these garbage dumps. I don't care. Let's, let's do something and uh, get some pianos. I don't know. Whatever you want to do there, let's roll with it. And um, so I'm at that point now, the toys. Okay. I'm challenging. I want 200 pounds of toys this year so we can help more kids. And I need to give him a number by the 15th so he can prepare to how many kids to invite. And um, so next Sunday and Monday, all next week, I'm going to be collecting toys, whether it's here um, or even right in front of Beef or Brady's there at CrossFit Arbonnell. You can go there. And, guys, everything goes to them. Everything's going to be on Facebook. And I want you to see that something so small it could go really far. It really can. I saw it last year in those kids' eyes. It was amazing. And kind of, you can, you can see that, what you've done. And, uh, but no, I appreciate it, man. Definitely. Really. And remember, December is available on Facebook. They have a page set up to give more information about that. Uh, if you want to, if you feel led to be involved with that, if you want to bring gifts, you can bring them here or straight to the gym. We'll make sure they get delivered from our end to, to the gym as well. Uh, if you have any questions, Ed's going to be hanging out back in the back. He'd love to talk to you afterwards. 
Uh, one thing I do want you to share, I know you had a little bit of pushback the first year from people, but then also you went out and bought a ticket on your own, not having the money, and, and God was in this from the very beginning. God took care of that later on. Uh, yeah, that's one of those things, like you get that, um, that's one of those things that gets me chill bumps still. It's, I bought the ticket, and I didn't have the money. I did not have it. I just had just enough to get the ticket, actually. And like two days later, I, I get a personal training client. And it was weird because it was not about getting the client. It's about getting the client for the same amount of money. And that was like, whoa, that's a little scary. Like, it's just so coincidental. And then these events just keep laying out to somebody who proactively contacts me. And then the day before I left, um, I needed another bag. We had too many toys. And um, I was like, okay, well, i got to get more airfare. more. I'm on these bags now. They're really expensive because you've got so I'm checking in so many. Guy comes in, he's like, oh, dude, I forgot all about it. I go, dude, recover, man. I got too many toys. I'm in here, like, stomping on them, trying to get them all these soccer balls in. And uh, it's like a big puzzle. And he's like, no, I'll be right back. He comes back, gives me the same dollar I needed. And I never said a word. And it was just like everything played out. But the pushback was big last year. And I find that, you know, and I think everybody can relate. When you try to do sometimes something good, it's when you get challenged the most. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was like, I thought the idea was going to be like, yeah, everybody's going to be on board. And then everybody's like, no, you're going to get killed. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 come on. Just guys. Like, like, I was like, I know it's crazy, but, like, I mean, that's just just do something. And, I mean, if God's calling you to do it, nothing's going to happen. I mean, that's, that's my belief. And, uh, but they did not give me, I mean, a lot of people gave me a lot of pushback last year. And, again, I felt safe there. I mean, the country was amazing. Um, so I, I just really – I just always call it honey badger mode. Don't listen to nobody. Just do you. You know, if God tells you to do it, you do it. If he doesn't, think twice. I mean, that, and that's kind of how go. it weighs out. There you go. Well, that will be back to back again. Thank God for joining us. <laughs> You know, when I was when I was younger, uh, my, my brother and I, we had a chance to, uh, one of our Christmas traditions we built as a family was we went to my uncle's house. My uncle always got up at like 4.30 in the morning, every morning, so my parents were like, go there, get up early with him, and they come join us later on. And, and so we went to spend Christmas Eve at my uncle's house, and there was so much anticipation. He had a two-story condo, and we'd be upstairs, we'd come running down the stairs in like this Norman Rockwell Christmas mode of running down the stairs, and it's Christmas, and the lights are on, and we'd tear in our presents. And there was so much anticipation in our life. And, and, and almost to a year, I could point to, the, to a year and say, I don't even remember any of the Christmas gifts I got. Because the anticipation exceeded the gift itself. And whenever we build Christmas around the things that we get and, and all the stuff that we sometimes make it about, the anticipation for it sometimes exceeds the gift itself. But this season, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus... We can look at these different scriptures and see the anticipation that was being built up. You see, when we look at prophecies like Isaiah chapter 9, or if we flip back, there's one more verse that we're going to look at in Isaiah chapter 7. And it says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. For hundreds of years, the Jewish people were anticipating the birth of Jesus. And in fact, there's a point in Scripture where the Old Testament finishes in the book of Malachi. And there's 400 years where God is is not speaking. There's no prophets. There's no books of the Bible being written. It is just silent. And I know a lot of us, we don't like the idea of of waiting for things. Especially the, the guys that are here. I think sometimes, guys, we tend to look at ourselves as being... Very impatient. This year I've had a chance to go already and do some, some Christmas shopping. And I go in some of the stores, and, and there's always the bench outside of the fitting rooms 
that is kind of reserved for the guys that are, their wives are trying to close, their kids are trying to close. And there's always like some poor soul of, of husband that is sitting there and he looks miserable. Like he looks like he has been there all day long and he's holding bags. He's like, I can't believe it. And he's been there for like 10 minutes. But, but you think he'd been there all day. Now put this same guy in a hunting stand for 10 hours, no problem. But 10 minutes sitting outside of a fitting room, and they become the most impatient person ever. Guys, I'm just an observer. I'm, I'm just commenting on what I see. But, but we do that. We say, I'm, I'm the most impatient person. I don't like waiting. Well, for 400 years, the Jewish people sat there silently waiting. This year, one of the things that we've instituted, a tradition we're starting as a family. Uh, Louis Giglio is a pastor up in Atlanta, and he's written a book for the Advent season this year. And so this year, as much as our schedule is allowed, we gather together every night. And as a family, we're starting to read through that book each of the days, December 1st, December 2nd, and so on. And as we read through that, one of the things that he said in that book was this. He said, imagine 400 years without a word from God. I'm sorry, let's get back. Jesus didn't arrive without a wait. Imagine 400 years without a word from God. No voice, no prophet, nothing. Imagine the agony of waiting and the struggle to keep faith in the promises given long before. You can almost hear the questions being passed from one generation to the next. Was God gone? Was he ever really there? Was faith in him just a waste? There was all this anticipation, all this buildup. And we have to realize that for 400 years, there were children being born and there were grandchildren being born. And there were, there were these kids growing up. Who had heard all these stories about man back when my great great grandfather was alive? We hear all these stories about God working, but I'm not seeing that in our generation. And so they start to have some of these questions. They say, well, you know, was it, why isn't God working? Did He ever really work? Is all the stuff just made up? Is it all just stories that have been passed down to us? But at this point, when the promise of the Messiah is fulfilled and Jesus comes, He is God with us. And unlike the gifts that I received as a child where the anticipation exceeded the gift, for them, they had no idea. They'd heard all these prophecies, they'd heard all this buildup, but for them, the gift that was coming was going to far exceed that anticipation. I love the skit guys movie we saw at the very beginning, the, the video we saw. It talks about the anticipation of build up to Christmas. Man, I can't wait, but the longing that we have for Jesus is exceeded by when we actually discover who Jesus is. When we invite him to come into our life to change us. That is the gift of Christmas. That is what we celebrate as a church. We love all the other stuff. It's all well and good. But we're going to interrupt what Christmas has become in order that it can become what was originally interrupted. Pray with me.